The moment has arrived. The red light is on. I'm sorry. I'm Dave Van Auken. Maddie Levine here. Ruthless One, L. Dawson. Hey, guys. The heart and soul of the show, Ryan Quinn. Happy to be back, like you said. Jillian the Savage Robertson. Boom. I'm Jonathan Ramachan. We got Bree Eckert. Hey guys. We got my boy Blake here. Hello, people of the interweb. The Fight Bananas Show. Every Tuesday, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Fight Bananas YouTube channel. I love that intro. What's up, guys? We are live, live. What's up? I'm Dave Van Auken. So much to get into. It says 1 to 3. We might go for hours and hours and hours. I think I have to stop around five. I have to go get the kids. But uh, we might go for four hours today, guys. UFC 294 is this weekend. We all thought it was going to be Charles Oliveira and Islam Makhachev in a rematch for the UFC Lightweight Championship. We all thought it was going to be Cosmet Chemaya versus Paula Costa uh, in the co-main event in the UFC middleweight champ uh, in the UFC middleweight division. The card has been upside down. And uh, flipped uh, in, in circles. It's so much to get into. So, guys, it's not just me. We have a huge lineup. Second hour, guys, we have three guests coming on the show. We have Jillian the Savage Robertson, of course. We have Rafael Esparza, who does all these odds. And uh, he does um, behind the scenes for multiple huge books that you guys bet on. Uh, he's coming in around 2.30. 2.45, we have our guy Keelan, who's um, all about the misfit boxing. Guys, Logan Paul and Dylan Danis. He, they can't make the show for the first hour. We got to talk about Edson Barbosa, right? We got to talk about uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. We'll get into that, but he's coming at 2.45. First hour, myself, uh, Maddie Levine's coming out at 1.30, but coming on right now, I always say she's the boss. She's uh, the fight and the grit of the show. We got ourselves, L Dawson. What's up, L? What's up? I'm super excited. Dude, the intro is so cool. It Dude. gives me freaking goosebumps. I love it. I love it. And we're it, That's like the first. We're, we're just getting into it, the... Uh, the guy who does it for us, he's like, dude, just give me a couple weeks, like a couple shows that we do, like then like he's going to cut scenes in it and stuff of that nature. So it's only going to get better and better and better yeah. and stuff of that nature. Dude, for one, I love the hoodie. It is. We do live in Florida, but it's freaking cold outside. I love the dare hoodie. Dude, Money Moki, uh, Moy Kano shirt. I told you guys we are buying shirts. We're doing another free giveaway. I want to let's start that off the rip. Another free shirt. I don't want to spoil what shirt we're buying on. Uh, I, let me, it's a hint. It's in the second hour. So uh, we are going to buy another shirt. We're going to give another shirt for free. All you have to do is sub this channel, uh, screenshot any person that's watching it, screenshot, put it on their Instagram stories or their Facebook stories. We'll see you and we'll send you a free shirt. We'll DM you what size you want. We'll send you a free shirt. But uh, L, first of all, how are you doing on this lovely, lovely Tuesday afternoon? I'm good. I am in the middle of Miami somewhere, um, which is really far from my house. Uh, Grant's getting a, a tattoo today. Uh, he's finishing up his sleeve. So sure. I'm just hanging out in Miami for the day. So I get to do the podcast here in my car. How are you? It. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I There's like so much, right? Uh, the one thing I do love about the show, and I can't wait, and we have like two, three hours to get into it. So it's amazing. But like so much happened over the weekend. And it's like, I wanted the show to be like Sunday. And it just, I'm like, okay, I got to wait. I got to get all these thoughts in. Like, just to have Usman in the co-main event and Volkanovski's then back in the main. It's like so much stuff happened. It's like, okay, I got to relax. I got to get all these things in. Tuesday, I, we might have to have the show daily. Like, pretty soon. I'm sorry, uh, fighting ass people. This might have to become one to three daily. I'm Hey, maybe one day. We'll see. We'll see. But, uh. First of all, I have a little spiel. I want to get to it, but let me. I just want your take. You, right off the rip, 
Oliveira gets sliced in the eye. Costa's elbow, more pictures. We just dropped a picture literally just an hour and a half ago. Um, those guys are injured. They can't fight. Volkanovski, Usman went in. Your first initial gut feeling when that happened. What was your first initial take? I mean, it, it just makes sense. Like, I was I was butthurt for Gamrot because the dude was the backup. How often does the back off, backup get skipped over to be the yeah. replacement for a fight? Yeah. But there's no way Volkanovski would have been the backup for this fight. It doesn't make sense for him. You yeah. know, like, and, and most people don't want the title shot on short notice or they can't make the weight. You know, like, it, this was the best option, and it absolutely makes sense. Everybody wants to see Volkanovski fight Islam again. Uh, we saw Islam look mortal for the first time. Um, now, I don't think the people who thought that Volk was going to get it done the first time are going to be very happy this time either. It's in Abu Dhabi. It's short notice for Volkanovski. He couldn't beat him with a full camp. But that being completely that aside, I absolutely think it's going to be a banger again. It was a fantastic fight the first time around. I think it'll be no different this time. If anything, I think Islam will look a little bit fresher in those later rounds without the travel and the huge weight cut. Uh, being, you know, fighting a little bit closer to home. But yeah, I mean, it just makes sense. Um, I uh, I will say this. If you had told me a year ago that Kamzat Shemayev and, uh, and Usman were going to be fighting for a chance to fight Sean Strickland for yeah. the 185-pound title, I would have told you you're a freaking idiot. Because yeah. who, who would have thought that that's where we'd be right now? Like, just insane. I love this sport. So here we go. Here's my three-minute spiel, L. I want you just to uh, – it's, it's a long journey, so just stay with me. And then, you know, just uh, I love it at the end or attack it at the end, but just stick with me. So we uh, – the MMA community, I don't know why, we're just so obsessed with, like, GOAT and pound for pound and rank number one in the world. We're just obsessed with it. We just are as a community. And sometimes we are as well. And we talk about it on shows and as media outlets, we are. So when both fighters, so Alexander Volkanovsky and Kamara Usman both got these fights kind of in 12 hours from each other, right off the rip, people talked about Volkanovsky, right? So then, so where I'm going with this is they talked about a fighter they're like, man, this fighter is moving up in weight. And this fighter, you know, is is one of the greatest fighters in their weight class ever. They're like their fighter is a goat of their weight class and has defended their their title multiple times in their weight class. And man, if this fighter moves up in weight and fights this boogeyman, has never lost in this weight class. And this is unbelievable. Like this fighter would join uh, like because a lot of people think. You know, I, I know a lot of old school people won't like this, but like they, a lot of people think Habib Nurmagomedov, George St. Pierre, and John Jones is up in this little Mount Rushmore. And then a lot of people like, you know, Royce Gracie and, uh, you know, maybe it's Amanda Nunes and a lot of people, Anderson Silva. But a lot of people think the three. And a lot of people think if this person wins Saturday night, uh, this fourth person could join this person. Someone looking at you weird? Al, do I have to fight no. someone? There's a truck that I genuinely thought was about to back up into me and might right. do it again. You keep going. I'm okay, okay, okay. This is a good rant. This is a rant. I'm like ready to honk. Okay, he's good. He stopped. <laughs> I'm going to honk. So this person, if they win Saturday and kind of keep going, this person has a chance to be the greatest of all time. This, this person has a chance to be it. And everyone thinks it's Volkanovski. I'm going the different way. I think it's Kamara Usman. 
I think Usman, if he wins Saturday night, who's a huge underdog, and I really want to give Usman a lot of love, a lot of respect, a lot of his flowers. If he beats Hazmat Chemayev Saturday night in the middleweight division, moving up a weight class on short notice, Usman is one of the, if not the greatest welterweight ever. Him and GSP was battling back and forth. Dana White was giving his flowers. I think Usman is this guy who's kind of like this. He's kind of the fourth guy out of these bunch, out of these four, Chemayev and uh, Makochev and G um, and uh, Volkanovski. I think Usman's this mystery guy out of the four. So I'm going to tell you three reasons why you're wrong. Just okay. Um, <laughs> no, so I, I agree that this is huge for Usman. I will not disagree with you there. But we're really going to put Kamzat Chemayev and Islam on the same playing field. Like, look at the strength of schedule. Uh, to date, Kamzat's toughest fight has been Gilbert Burns, who absolutely is a phenomenal fighter, but he had an incredibly close fight with Gilbert. The only person we've seen win a moment of a fight against Islam since he was knocked out is Volkanovsky. Right. Like, he's been exceedingly more dominant than Kamzat against much, much higher level competition. So I think at this point, I don't think we can put them on the same playing field, not because of what anything that Usman's done, but because we haven't like Kamzat doesn't have the belt one. Right. And honestly, might not I, I'm kind of shocked that people have kind of written off Kamara Usman here. Like we've seen Kamzat not be able to take people down. Like like Gilbert. We've seen him. He wasn't able to take down Ikram. I know that wasn't in the UFC, but like right. Usman is one of the best wrestlers in the division. Like, so I, I definitely think he's being counted out and I think it will be really big for him should he win this fight. But I don't know that it's quite as much of GOAT status as what Volk is looking at here. Of course, do you, okay, now if going forward, I, I, I agree. If Volkanowski defeats Makhlchev in Abu Dhabi, like the GOAT status, the of course, is like- Greatest it's, of all it's time. Insane. It's insane. If Usman defeats Chemayev, and then five months later in February or March defeats Strickland and gets the middleweight championship. Does that yes. kind of do like that? Goat status. Okay, goat okay. status. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Two belts, two belts, goat status. And right, and he right. could absolutely do that. Like he absolutely could, you know? And so that, and that, that'll be, that's the fight more so right. than, than this fight. You also have to remember that Islam is a lightweight. Kamzat is not a middleweight. Right. I don't care what anybody says. He's never fought at middleweight. Right. He had the one weird weight cut fiasco, never had any other problems making weight. He's he's a he's a 70 pounder. So is Usman. And they're both big 70 pounders. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think there's this huge size discrepancy between the two of them like there is between Volk and Islam. Right, right, right. Um, a little bit back to Usman and like, you know, stuff is happening right now. Uh, real quick. And I kind of I will talk about it throughout the whole show, guys. So pumped. Uh, guys, make sure you share the link. Make sure you like the link. All this stuff will be here for the next two hours. Rafael Esparza is coming out at 2.30. He's a mastermind. He really does a lot of the – he creates the lines. The sites that you make your bets on, he's the mastermind behind a lot of these sites. Rafael Esparza coming out around 2.30. Um, so I can't wait to pick his brain about this. So Usman is a huge, huge underdog on this. If – Usman, he's talked about it. Like, he doesn't even want to, one, beat Chemayev, of course, Saturday as an underdog. Two, he he thinks he's defeated Sean Strickland in the past. And he, you know, just to be brutally honest, he thinks he would run through Strickland again in whatever in the spring. 
whoever is the champ, he, he says that after beating Strickland, he says, uh, you know, he told the media today or yesterday, I think it was late night yesterday because it's going around the, uh, the MMA circuit. He wants to go back to welterweight. He wants his last fight in 2024. Like he wants to fight early 2024 for Strickland. Then he wants his last fight, 2024, November, December, against whoever the welterweight championship is. He says he doesn't care if it's Colby Covington, if he doesn't care Leon Edwards. He thinks he deserves it, especially if he is the middleweight championship. And he goes, that's it. That's my last one. I got one left in me, one weight cut down to 70 in me. If he does that, like, hell, if he goes down, just imagine his next three, too, especially against Leon. And I know maybe the UFC wouldn't want that because he, he lost to the man twice. And there isn't a lot of – dude, if Usman beats Chemayev, Usman, and Edwards, and this is where I'm going with – I know maybe I'm giving Usman too much time off the rip. I told you guys I'm going here, and I do want to give Edson Barbosa, and we want to give Volkanovski some love, and Maddie Levine's coming in in 15 minutes. If Usman goes on this three-fight win streak love, like, that's insane. And also, too, just think about the divisions for the next 15 months could be in a lot of limbo. So I don't know if the UFC wants to go that route, but that's it could just true. be a, it could be uh, one of these runs. He could lose in five days, and this is no and void, but it could be a run for a lifetime. Absolutely. And and I think people have also decided for some reason that just because Usman beat Colby, that there's no way Colby beats Leon's. Leon styles make fights, and Colby Covington is a tough matchup for Leon Edwards. He is Usman's like still high-level wrestling like Usman's, but with more pressure and, and maybe not as much top control but more consistent pressure, pressure takedowns, like he wears on you. He's going to wear on a guy like Leon. So there's a good chance that we could even see that. We could see Usman go and win the 185-pound belt and then go back down and find himself fighting a guy that he's already beat twice in Colby Covington. We could absolutely see that. The dude maybe retires, maybe goes back to 85, but retires with two belts. That would be pretty pretty much a, a fairy tale, right? Really would. Um, all right, guys, we'll go right back into UFC 294. Like I said, we got a ton of time to get into, um, but I do want, and I know you, I'll give you five minutes at the uh, round 125 because I know you got something salty. Uh, maybe your <laughs> husband wants to talk about, so we give you there. But let's talk about something we just saw a couple of days ago. Maybe one of the best fights of the year. American top team Grizzly veteran Edson Barbosa who got 10-8-ed in the first round. Sadiq Youssef looked phenomenal. It was wild. We're watching the fight. We're texting the fight back and forth. You gave me one of the funniest texts back. I almost posted it, but it was something you and I will live with, with forever. <laughs> we have it between ourselves. Um, it was weird. Sadiq Youssef gets a massive, you know, kind of striking blow. Could end of the fight. But it was so weird how he like he kind of fell on Edson and didn't strike. Like, he didn't land that last strike. He didn't end the fight where he should have. Kind of maybe didn't want to blow the gasket. Maybe should have because then he let Barbosa get in that zombie mode for round two. And then something happened at the end of round two that really turned the fight around. And then that was it. Edson was on a roll. He did a spinning wheel kick in round three and round four. Took the fight over. Uh, won a unanimous decision. We went back and forth on it. Just an incredible, incredible performance. He keeps on moving up the rankings. I have a great fight where I think the UFC should really go next with Edson going forward in the uh, spring of 2024. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on Edson Barbosa's incredible performance. Man, yeah, he's just he's just a dog. He's a veteran. There, there's not a whole lot that a guy like Edson Barbosa has not seen. And I will say, like, I loved uh, Sadiq's game plan in round one. 
I, I, the, the difference between round one and the rest of the fight for him was the space. Yeah. Barbosa had no room to kick in round one because of the pressure. And Sadiq yeah, did a beautiful tight. job stuffing that. And, and when Barbosa can't kick on you, that takes away one of his, his, literally his best weapon. And he did such a good job with that. And then in round two, he just never quite closed the gap again. And once Barbosa started finding those, finding those low kicks, finding those body shots, finding those spinning back kicks, it just, he just took off with it. And I, I actually saw something really interesting as well. Sadiq Yusuf was keeping the back leg with his back leg. And I've never seen that before. And I'm like, I'm, Grant and I've been like playing with it. We're like, what does this do? But I actually think it worked pretty well in the first round. By it, it kind of stuffed Barbosa coming in and throwing that back kick. The way Barbosa kicks, he doesn't, there's no like curve to it. It's a straight line. And that's why it's so fast. He switches completely differently than most people. Most people come all, they, they completely switch to southpaw to throw their switch kick. He doesn't do that. He leaves his front sh shoulder forward, which may not make it as powerful, but it is so much faster. And speed kills. Barbosa's speed with his kicks absolutely won him that fight. Insane. Insane. Crazy. Uh, just a, I, the performance with someone who's been in the cage for that long and been in so many wars and so many great fights for just to kind of lose the round to a younger, more, you know, just, I don't want to say more athletic, but just more athletic, more explosive. You think the cardio better fighter and Sadiq Yusuf, a rising star in the scene and in the, in the, the weight class. And to lose that way in the first eight minutes, seven minutes of the fight, and then just totally 180 the rest of the fight, just hats off. Like, well, I think one of the best performances of the year. Maybe that's an overstatement. Maybe that's super high ball, uh, hyperbolic. I just thought that was a great performance. Like, I just love that. And this is where I'm going with it. Uh, our great guys, uh, Jonathan and Blake, in the post-fight show, they threw out a couple names. And Jonathan really said this. And as soon as he said, I'm like, John, absolutely nailed it. Great matchmaking 101. Edson Barbosa, Calvin Cater, spring of 2024. Like, give it to me. Ooh. Give it to me. That's yeah. violent. Give it to me. Yes, absolutely. That's a that is a fan's delight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else on that card? I knew you were watching it. I know uh, um, you know, a great female fighter at American Top Team. Is that five in a row for Carolina? Did I see that right? Five in a row for her? I think so, yeah. Pretty she sure. lost four in a row, almost got cut. You know, I heard. I, they kind of told the story with something about like, you know, I, I don't want to get too much into it. It's, it's, you know, what it is, what it is. Like if, if she like took a fight, you know, one of those things almost got cut, right? Whatever. Let's get right. out of the weeds a little bit. You know, four in a row is a bad thing in the fight game. Didn't go her way. She got another chance, took a tough fight. One, then one again. Now it's five wins in a row on a great winning streak. Really find her mojo. I love it. Just uh, you know, American Top Team. I know you've been on the match with her. Just that's a great win streak in the uh, in the UFC. Yeah. No. And she's she's very underrated. Like I, she really is. She's such a well-rounded fighter. I think a lot of people think of Carolina like she's like, oh, she's a good kickboxer, and she absolutely is. But man, she's she's just very well-rounded. She's very strong. Uh, she's tough and, and it's, it's really, she's a wonderful human. So it's, it's so nice getting to see her, you know, uh, just succeed right now. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. Let's do your, uh, your three, four minutes salty, uh, Nessa with your uh, wonderful lightweight husband. And then, then, then let's kind of do a little Volk on Michael Chef and then Maddie will be right in and then we can kind of, uh, jump into it. So, um, 
you know, we had a little phone call and you guys were driving to get a tattoo. I love it. I, like I say, I, I wake up every day. I work think about it. Sleeve tattoo and I have to talk myself out of it every single day. Grant's man enough to get in the tattoo. Uh, but he, he was a little salty today on the phone call. Why was he so salty? So uh, Grant has done several interviews like this where we just talk about how arbitrary and kind of silly some of the rankings are. Like the rankings very rarely make sense. So before Grant fought Bobby Green, Grant was ranked number 10. He has not lost other than to Wait, Bobby wait, number Green. 10 in the world. Number, number 10. 10 in the world. Number 10 in the world. That's great. He has not lost other this is his first loss in seven years. He has yet to lose before the Bobby Green fight, he had yet to lose in the UFC. So no losses, one draw, but no losses. And uh now he is unranked a week after uh, like a week and a half after his fight. Um we're we're like we're friends with Drew. I'm super happy Drew's back in the rankings. He absolutely deserves it, but RDA shouldn't be in there, man. RDA is a, is a welterweight. He's been a welterweight for several fights. It just doesn't make sense that he's still in there. And while Drew, like, absolutely deserves to be ranked, he is coming off of, uh, after before this fight, he was coming off of a loss. So he's only on a one-fight win streak. The guy he just knocked out doesn't have a win since, two like, over two years ago, two and a half years ago. And that's how, like, it just doesn't make a whole lot of logical sense when we look at a lot of these rankings. And it's, it's very clear that several of the people voting on these, like these journalists, a lot of them just don't know what they're doing. Like, I would absolutely pay money to hear the arguments behind some of the rankings that we've seen, how long it's taken them to remove guys who are inactive, who are in other weight classes, et cetera, you know? Um, so it's, uh, and if, if we're using the logic that, uh, that, you know, Drew beat Bobby, who beat Grant, well, then Drew should be ranked above Bobby at this point. Like, it's just such a... It's that there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's right. just it comes and goes. And I'm sure Grant will fight again and get re ranked again. It's not a big deal. But it just it just proves our point that the rankings, other than the champ, maybe number one, number two, they just don't mean a lot. Think, L, I thought about this. So, like, we were talking. And then it's, you know, like, the best. When you're having a great conversation and you're, like, you have a really good, fun debate. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, man, that was so good. So we were having this fun conversation two hours ago. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so good. So after we had this, I'm like, so this weekend is like a huge UFC pay-per-view. It's in Abu Dhabi. Like, this is a big, big weekend for the UFC. You can just tell by the media, and I even have some analytics already on it. This weekend, so Makhlchev, the lightweight division, kind of their limelight division, maybe the best division in the last decade. So their champion is fighting – uh, a guy who's not even in the rankings, like Mark Panowski's not even ranked. So that's one. Then their co-main event is the, it's for, it's literally Dana White goes, it's for the number one contendership of the middleweight division. None of these not guys right. are ranked in the middleweight division. So it's like, who they don't have wins? <laughs> they don't even have a win in the middleweight division. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So it's like, Whoever wins, oh. and we both think we both say both these guys are phenomenal. Both these guys are like you can argue our top fifteen pound for pound type of fighters. But whoever wins, like even if Chamayev dominates Usman or Usman de defeats uh, Chamayev, that's a great win. But it's not a great win for the middleweight division. Like is that better? <laughs> screw than what screw DDP. Yeah, screw DDP. It's yeah, yeah. like that poor guy just became completely obsolete. Doesn't matter that he just demolished Robert Whitaker. 
one of the goats of the sport, you know? I'm so happy you say that. I even have that note in my in my phone, and I'm happy you said that. That's I'm. This is what the show is. I want to take it there. Drew Drew Pick is July weekend, International Fight Week, uh, maybe kind of their Super Bowl weekend, NBA Finals, whatever analogy you want to do. It's their biggest weekend. He's there. He's fighting Bobby Knuckles. He took the chance. He kind of had there. They literally had Israel and Asanya on notice he walks into the cage they have that moment they have that spar off joe rogan's there with the microphone boom they have it made they had this date and let's just be honest like ddp was he is hurt or was injured and wasn't 100 percent like i i do get that when you know you you're a fighter you you, you know you can say this you're probably never 100 percent right. you know going into a fight so i get that to a certain extent but it's like he probably doesn't want to fight Israel and Asanya at 70%. And, right. And he probably said a saying, you know, he 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 wanted to be a more healthier than less healthy. Uh, declines the fight. They moved on. They moved to Strickland. And now the UFC is like, oh, you moved on? We're moving on. It's kind of like, right. uh, it's like an ex-girlfriend. It's like, oh, you're moving on? I'm moving on. And it, it's... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what he does. I mean, he really doesn't. He probably fights like Jared Cannonier. That's like, what I was gonna say. That makes the most sense. Because uh, like, Cannonier, we don't want to see Cannonier fight Izzy. We no. already saw him fight Strickland recently, and it wasn't great, to be honest. Like, it just wasn't a great fight, you know. And uh, I, I think he gets that. Cannonier is is close to that title shot to get that rematch against Strickland. But, like, because the first fight wasn't super exciting and there's this really interesting matchup on the horizon between Kamza and Usman, who everybody's been begging to have, like, everybody's been wanting Shamayev to have a shot at the title for God knows how long, you know. But he's yeah. been so inactive that he can't, which that's that's kind of bizarre to me, too. Like, it's not like, like, when, when people were upset that Islam got a title shot off of beating Bobby Green, that wasn't Islam's fault. Islam was taking every fight he could and guys were pulling out, you know, like it, it happens. He, you can only slaughter the sheep that's brought to you. Right. Kamzat's not really the same situation. Like people have been lining up. There were plenty of people calling out Kamzat. He just wasn't active. And I don't know if that was on his end or the UFC's, but the point is it's not like they just couldn't find him a matchup because I know there were guys that wanted that payday, you know? So it's a, uh, that's a that's an it's a very interesting weird thing going on with the middleweight division. And and now you know this like you guys in the room knows knows you know like you guys know what's up and and I've heard this forever. It's funny I'm wearing the shirt like literally forever. I've heard Moyokano can go like I've heard this from guys that are you know from the uh, contender series and guys who went there like. Um, you know, guys who did not train an American top team, they go there for the first time. They're like, holy shit. Like, Moyakano is like ranked 14th, and he's the he's the best guy in the gym. Like, this guy cleans me up and training and all this stuff. So it's like everyone knows inside those rooms who can go. Right. Like, back to the Michael Jeff thing, like, everyone knows he's a guy. Like, everyone knows he was yeah. the next guy. And you know what I mean? And same thing. I think in the UFC, in, the, in a way, everyone knows – Chamayev is a guy and he and you know and if he beats Usman like I just think like what are we doing like you know he beat Burns 
you know, he beat Holland, and I know it sounds crazy, and whatever it is, he's beat Usman. Those are three good names, and I just think everyone knows he's a guy, and, you know, it is, it is what it is. Talking about a guy, let's talk about a lovely lady. Uh, she started the show last week with us. She's jumping in with us right now. Just an absolute stud of the team. Um, I think her husband, Ross, is doing something awesome this past weekend. He's had a, a really cool um, – what is it called? Like when you do like a um, – like when you have a I, – I, let's ask Maddie. I, I, like a – like a, not a festival, but it's – I'm butchering it. I know. Maddie's laughing at me. Maddie, what was your husband doing? I think it's called a seminar. Are you looking for that word? I was like, what? What are you getting at? Is he out at Burning Man? Like, first of all, first of all, the the amount of words that slip Dave's mind on a regular basis is phenomenal. Um, but the word is seminar. And yes, he did an incredible job this weekend. Had so many amazing uh, coaches come in. Joel Valtellini came in, which was incredible. Um, yeah, just a whole bunch of people. A lot of uh, martial arts happening this weekend. Just wanted to uh, show off my shirt for a second. Show it. We're a shirt company. Like, Check out my my cats and my dog. <laughs> That's awesome. Right? Isn't that the coolest shirt you've ever seen? I would just like to um, pause and just say, L, I think it is absolutely bonkers that Grant is not ranked. That's all I have to say. You got you guys <laughs> took it away and talked about it, but holy fucking shit. And I think I think this is a classic case of the um, Fairweather fans' ability to just like only see what's in front of them. They're like goldfish. recency bias. Yeah. Thank you. It's the, the average fan is a goldfish. They have the memory of a goldfish. <laughs> think, oh, Grant got knocked out. Well, he sucks. Like, yeah. no, that's not how this fucking thing works. That's that's my rant for today. <laughs> Welcome in. Welcome. What's up, Miss Maddie Levine? I did. I had the Coming best. Coming fire, baby. Let's go. Coming fire. <laughs> Jeez, boy, awesome. All right. So I think we did our UFC uh, 81 Vegas recap. Edson Barbosa is a dog, literally uh, insane. We did a lot of Usman and Chimaev. You know, let's get into the main event. UFC 294, Saturday, 2 p.m. I cannot stress that enough. I had this on the banner. Look how professional I am. Look at this. I know. Look at you, man. I was reading that. PM Eastern, guys. It's not a night interview. It's in Abu Dhabi. But make sure uh, you do not miss it. Saturday in the afternoon. Maddie, I asked Elle the same question. When it was Oliver and and Makhlchev, when you heard it was Alexander Volkanovsky, what was the first thing that came to your head? Pumped. So excited. Cool. I think I mean, that's kind of like the everyone's been like that. I think everyone's yeah. Been like that. It's just so exciting to see him on a card ever. I mean, call me you know, call me bias, okay? But whenever he's on a fight card, it's exciting. He he's he's the type of martial artist that fans love to follow because he works hard, he plays hard, he's funny, he's got a character. But you know he's not just going in there for a paycheck. He's going in there looking to win no matter who it is. So whenever he's on a fight card, I'm watching. Awesome. Maddie with that fire shirt. It is very true. Guys, we are doing another free shirt giveaway. We are telling who the shirt is in the next hour. Another free shirt giveaway. So and you'll get shirt. a shirt with Maddie's pets on it. Woo! I'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. They're the real I stars. Be, I gotta want one. I, the, dude, Facebook, Facebook Marketplace. I was I was a little worried about it. I was like, I'm definitely getting scammed right now, and I'm definitely like getting my bank account drained. But it's for the shirt. Worth it. It's for the I, shirt. Um, did you just keep on hitting the link? 
Yeah. Like on the Facebook message, hit the link, hit the link. Don't oh, ever hit the link. Don't hit the link. So I was uh, reading up on the main event, the new main event, and um, the the guys over at MMA Fighting had a really cool topic that I think um, that? MMA. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, who are they? Um, I think this is something that the community should be talking about. That the MMA community should be talking about in general is who has more to lose, right? Is it Makachev or Volk? And oh. I, 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 so at first you're like, oh, this is an easy, easy answer. But the more I thought about it, I don't know. I'm kind of going back and forth. So, L, what's your answer on that? Wait, wait, L, you ready? I'm three. Wait, I'm three. You ready? One, two, three. Makachev. Volk. Especially with such a short notice of fights for Volk, like Makachev should be able to seal this in the bag. And if he doesn't, that speaks a lot to his character. It speaks a lot to his ability in general. My only argument for Volk and what he has to lose is his need for the victory in order to not lose his credibility of going up a weight class because he just seems so hell bent in general to kind of go up in that weight class, show that I can do it all and I can do anything. If he loses, well, the division has to completely move on from him. And that right. leaves Volk with not only a mental regret of like, okay, I fucked up. I probably should have waited a little longer, but now you got those goldfish people, right? That are like, Oh, Volk sucks. So it's, it's yeah. hard. You, do you, did we? But we didn't see that this last time Volk fought. That's he, fair. He's too loved. He's too loved. And, and like there are people that genuinely believe and have actually convinced themselves that Volkanovski won that fight. Dude won a round. And yeah. there are people that actually think he won that fight. Like so John I, don't, Hard. I, don't think, I think he's. I think he's solidified enough of a, a enough of his goat status that I, I don't think he loses the fans. Maybe he loses something personally, like what you're saying. I agree with that. Right. If that's like a personal goal of his, it's going to be really hard for him to to do that again. You know, it's going to have to be yeah. a different champ. Nutty, L, you ready for this one? And maybe this is I again. I'm coming in hot. You ready? If he does lose to Makhachev here, he can never move up again. I don't think he can move up again. I think the UFC goes Volk can't they do it. Past him, yeah. The only reason I I think that that wouldn't be the case is because of just how dominant he is at featherweight. 
because they have to keep it interesting. And and I think it's going to be a minute before he loses at 145. And now I will agree that it has to be the perfect circumstance because they can't hold up the lightweight division any longer. They can't, right, right. They can't I, I, hold the it up for, for a third fight. But if, if Islam retires, if Islam goes up to 70, if somebody beats Islam, and there's just like maybe a, a, a dead patch, because right now at lightweight, there's not a dead patch. There's a lot of guys coming a up, lot. right? But a lot. That, those are seasons. Those are seasons. So that means that there's going to be a time, maybe in four years, maybe in five years, maybe less, where there's going to be a dead patch and 55 is going to look like 45 right now. So maybe there's maybe there's a perfect circumstance, but it would I agree with you. It would have to be. It's unlikely that he will get to go up again unless Islam retires or goes immediately up to 70. Mm-hmm. And sometimes this happens too. Just everyone gets so what Volkanovski has done in featherweight. Of course, it's it's one of the greatest runs and probably he is the greatest 145er of all time. But now Taporia is here, and we've seen it too. Volk can beat Taporia in January, UFC 297 in Canada. Dawson would be so so happy about that. That could be the main event. Even still, even if Volkanovski loses in October, I mean, October, and literally this Saturday to um, uh, Makochev, he could still fight Ilya and, and, and win. But it could be a really close fight. It could be a split decision. It could be like... It could be a really close fight. It could be an eye poke in the fifth round. It could be something wild. They can rematch that. That could be the whole year. And by that time, we can have another two contenders. If Bryce Mitchell wins one more fight, that could be something interesting. Mm-hmm. You would never think that Sean Strickland would get a title shot. Bryce Mitchell says one more time, freedom with the Bible in the UFC octagon. He gets a title shot. Like, it just, that, that's you're making us look bad. <laughs> like, um. Yeah, we're gonna, need, we're gonna need a whole episode to talk about Bryce Mitchell. God, honestly. I don't have the energy, Maddie. I don't have the energy. But um, I need a nap first. Yeah. Bro, like so with Bryce, the difference between Bryce and Ilya though is I, I don't I think that there's a version of Ilya that can beat Alexander Volkanovsky. Of course. I don't I don't if Bryce Mitchell trained for the next Fifteen years at the best facility in the world. I don't know that he could ever beat Volkanovski. Yeah. I could be wrong. No, no, I, think, no. I thought he was going to lose a lot of fights that he didn't. But go ahead. I, but what you just said, if if I could say, and, you, and I agree with you too. I agree, and I'm just saying yeah. this. I agree. Everyone in the world right now said the same thing about Sean Strickland and Israel Adesanya nine weeks ago. Everyone. Like that nope, night, everyone sure. was like, this is a foregone conclusion. Maddie, I think, yeah, you and Ross were over the house during that night. We're like, dude, we almost didn't order the pay-per-view. because Literally. Like, so obvious. Easy money, like whatever. Like, That's got to <laughs> be the biggest upset in the history of the US. Biggest underdog in a title fight, I'm pretty sure. Dude. Yeah, in yeah, betting-wise, for sure, for sure. It's crazy. So it's like... You know, and just like in a weird submission and Bryce Mitchell's tricky. And I know, guys, this is a UFC 294 thing. So let's not get into a Bryce Mitchell. But, okay. So, Matt, we hadn't talked to you. Um, you did bring up Michael Jeff and Volkanowski. Just, I guess we can do this, right? Uh, yeah, we're in the UFC 294. L, Michael Jeff, Volkanowski, prediction time. Who do you got? When does it happen? Oh, What goes down? Uh, I, I think. I think a decision again, but I, I think Islam gets it done, man. It's just where now I absolutely believe that Volkanovsky is a student of the game. I think he's a fight nerd. I think he's a lot like Grant where whether he's got a fight or not, he's probably in the gym. Mm-hmm. I don't think that dude takes days off. However, 
there's a difference between being in the gym without a camp, without a fight, and being in fight camp. And he didn't get it done on in his hometown with a full camp, with Islam having a really rough cut with the travel. I don't think he gets it done in Abu Dhabi with Abu Dhabi judges, with Abu Dhabi fans, with Islam not having to travel super far to have a much easier cut, and he doesn't have that fight camp. I, I don't see... I just don't see it happening. Um, I think I think Islam does has a more dominant performance this time. But I, I think Volk has, man, he's got the body type and he's got the style where he's really hard to hold down. So I, I definitely think we'll see, you know, him pop up to his feet just like he did, giving up his back, hand fighting on the cage. I think we see that again. But I don't think he, unless he clips him, but, man, he's not knocking out 45ers. I just don't see it. Maddie, yeah, there's a lot. This can go. I agree with you for a lot of it. There's some where I'm like, I'm not so sure. Like, I do think that Makachev is going to pull away with this one for a couple reasons. You know, everybody on the UFC roster is talented. You're in the UFC for a reason. Hulk is the GOAT for obvious reasons, but he's the GOAT at a smaller weight class. And when you are at a certain level in the UFC, size matters. Okay, don't put that on a t-shirt, but size matters. I'm doing it. Okay, and no matter what you bring to the table, and Volk has many tools that he brings to the table, at the end of the day, he's the much smaller fighter, and he can get handled in that sense. But to counteract your point, I almost think it's in Volk's favor that his camp was so short because it doesn't give him the time to worry about all the external factors that fighters worry about. Because even at the elite level of fighting, fighting at your hometown in front of your home fans can be can weigh on a person, right? So maybe, maybe to only have a two-week fight camp, you're not worrying about the roller coaster of emotions. You're more just dialed into the physicality of it because you have to be. Now, granted, you do make a great point about the Abu Dhabi judges. That kind of sucks, right? But I don't know. I think it. I don't think it will be. Favor. Yeah, I think it's more the fans than anything. I think the judges hear the fans react. Right. Right. And it sways them. Yeah, more the, the judges are from Vegas. The, uh, they already right. they already announced who the judges are. They're three of the best judges. They're from they're from Vegas. They're not but like Abu Dhabi judges. When you hear the fans, yeah, like, of course, of course. Yeah, it's more the fans than the yeah. judges themselves. Right. I'm not saying right. the judges are biased, but right. the. Uh, the room makes you biased, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, I almost, course. I just, I see Volt coming out even hungrier than the last time because, like you touched upon sure. before, L, like, I think there probably hasn't, a day probably hasn't gone by since he's thought about that fight over and over again from different angles, from different positions, and he's thought about it constantly. And then now that he's got this shot, like, I'm sure he's going to put it into play. So, um, but when and if, if Islam wasn't guy, doing that, it'd be one thing, you know, but he's doing that too. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So I don't know. I like you, I do have Makachev winning, but my heart would love to see Volk win just because. So, for sure. For I, sure. Yes and no. I'm, I'm, I think that the issue with that is I worry that they'll do, they'll want to do another rematch because it'll be one and one and that holds up the division. So, like, part of me would love to see Volk become a double champ. But yes. part of me is like, man, that holds up the lightweight division. I obviously have ulterior motives when it comes to the lightweight division. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what that would be. But so I'm with um, you. My heart a little bit. But, yeah. The one thing that I don't think has been talked about, and I think this is why what we do here at Fight Bananas, and this is a really good alternative talking point so far, and I, I haven't heard this at all. 
I think this is my just brain going, and I think I would love where you two think on it. I think Volkanovski is going to come out of this fight differently from where he fought round the first fight because the first fight he is at home and he, I think there was a not a feeling out point but there was like okay and uh, I think it was round two where he told his his corner he's like wow Makhachev doesn't hit hard like oh like and then like he was feeling himself I think this and he had probably a great uh training camp and all that enough all that nature this guys let's be honest I think he's going to go a little bit for broke I, I you know I know that sounds amateurish for me to say but I don't think he I think in the back of his head he probably doesn't have that 25 minute cardio that he had in February when he fought him the first time and I'm not saying he's going to be lazy I'm not saying he's going to be crazy but I think he is going to take a little bit more risk one knowing that he thinks that he could take the shots from Michael Chef and two is I think he knows that he needs to uh, get the bigger shots and land the bigger hits because he knows he right. he won round five the first time, and I think in the back of his head he can't win round five this time. That's my take. Right, and I I think you're right. I think once you felt it, I, I think there's a lot of guys that fought Islam and then afterwards were like, man, like I beat myself in my head, and I don't think yeah. Volk did that. I think he's the first guy that didn't do that. Actually, I agree, Maddie. You made such a good point earlier. You're like Volkanovski is one of those guys that truly believes he's going to win every right. single time he walks to the cage, yeah. which is makes him different than a lot yeah. of people when they're fighting Islam, right? Totally. So that's yeah. And now he's felt it. He's felt it. He knows what it feels like. And when you're fighting somebody like Makachev, it almost benefits you to make it a little messy, right? It's almost yes. it almost benefits yeah. you yeah. to come out and just fucking swing for the fences. And when you do that, you expose yourself. And somebody like Volk, if you expose yourself, you're done. So, I, Dave, I kind of agree with you on that point. It's like I would I would love to see a dog fight because it's way more uh, dangerous on both ends. But right. they're also very intelligent. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. Cool. There's the main event. Uh, let's go co-main event. L and I talked a lot about Usman Chimaev and Maddie. I would love your take. I'll ask you the same kind of question. It was supposed to be Costa and Chimaev. When this fight was announced, what was the first thing that popped in your head? Easy cakewalk for Chimaev. Was the wow. First thought for me. I, I, I don't know. That's what I thought. But also, okay. before we even it. get into that, can we talk about the disgustingness of Costa's injury? Yeah. Bro, I saw, the, I saw the photo today. And I almost wish there was like one of those graphic warnings that you get on Instagram sometimes. <laughs> Because yeah. I would have kept scrolling. Like, I, yeah. oh, 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 how does that happen? How does that happen? Was he, like, licking the mats? Like, what's he, I don't know. What happened? Yeah, I was, think at yeah. the highest level he's at, as soon as he got a little ringworm there, that you start taking medicine. Like, you start taking <laughs> no. 12 p.m. He was never going to fight. I, I was not surprised at all to yeah. see him not in there. Like, I think he knew way earlier that he wasn't fighting. And Hot tea right now. Love this. I, I really do. I mean, I don't know for sure. I'm just guessing. But, like, like, yeah, Steph's nasty. I agree. Steph is grody. But, like, bro, you've been on the mats long enough to know when, like, something's popping like, up. Like, signs or whatever. When, when you see stuff and you're in fight camp, like, you're in the doctor that day getting antibiotics. Like, you're not uh -huh. letting it get that bad. Right. Like, I and I, you, oh, such a good point too, because it's like, 
there are signs that something's off and something's coming, right? Oh, like, yeah, you know. Like, that staff, like, it's not oh. hard to tell. And, like, those pictures showed that he's had it for quite some time. Exactly. Like, it's gnarly. Yeah. Okay, and, so that... Oh, how long does it last? <laughs> it, depends it depends how long that is. It depends how long, yeah, how long you put it off. Like, man, I, I've seen guys ignore it long enough, and it's like, oh, hey, you're septic. We now have to put you... You know, into surgery now, or you're going to die, and then we got to run IV antibiotics. <laughs> like, and his is so bad that it's like your teammates definitely have it too. Like, right? There's no way. Yeah, you gave that to somebody, too. or he like, wasn't training because he knew he wasn't fighting, or he wasn't training because L is correct and he <laughs> was going to pull out no matter what. But I'm not. I'm not shocked that. Costa's no, I know. But honestly, maybe, maybe Tracy Cortez has it too. <laughs> oh shit, son. Now we're just stirring the pot. Now we're just stirring the pot. All right. So uh, back to the fight. So that is one of the reasons, L, why I had Chimaev crushing Costa because I truly don't believe that Costa is a fighter that is dedicated. I don't look at him as a dedicated Agreed. individual. I think he is really good at creating a character. He's muscular. He's this meathead MMA dude that will, will not be champion. He will not be champion. No, I don't think he has sure. a championship mindset. I don't think in the face of adversity, he rises to the occasion. And Chemayev, granted, while he has shown holes, they're starting to show. I don't think Costa has what it takes to get it done with Chemayev at all. So to introduce... Oh, so you, you meant cakewalk for, for the Costa fight. Correct, not correct. Oh, correct. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. When, when Usman got introduced into this fight, where are you at on this, Maddie? When Usman got introduced, it got a little more interesting for me. Oh, okay, because, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah okay. because I think, like you guys said earlier, I was listening in, um, he is getting to that GOAT status, right? The welterweight division, like he's just such a good individual fighter. Um, and I think he poses a lot of different threats to Chemayev. So uh, for me, it's just way more interesting to watch. The Costa versus Chemayev fight just seems very one-sided to me. Like it's a Chemayev night all night. If everything goes, if everything goes correct, right? If nothing, if nothing like the Izzy, uh, you know, fight happens, if all goes well, Chemayev's supposed to win. He moves up, yada, yada, yada. The division right. is on. But now it's like, oh, wait a minute. Usman's coming up. And he's a very talented guy. He's a big guy. He's not a small guy. Like this He is can wrestle. Be, yeah. He can, he can do the things that Chemayev is uncomfortable with. Right? So that's why I'm like, hmm, this is, this is getting good. Uh, so now with, with the new fight intact, I don't know. I, I have a hard time choosing a winner for this one. Um, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I was just, just going to do a little wash real quick. Uh, Jillian the Savage Robertson in 15 minutes. Rafael Esparza in around 45 minutes. And then Keelan to uh, break down what we saw this past weekend, if you watched it or watched it only on socials. Dylan Danis and Logan Paul and KSI and that craziness. That's an hour literally from right now, boxing over there overseas. Um, okay, so that, I, we're talking about it. And we, we gave Usman a lot of flowers. That's just kind of, you know, we're doing, we're having fun here. What happens if Kazmat Chemayev does uh, Usman, what he did to Gerald Merchart, who Maddie had a great interview with uh, eight weeks ago, what happened if he walks right through Kamar Usman and washes him, uh, you know, takes him down, TKOs him in 45 seconds? And we're like, holy shit, guys. Like, we just he gets saw. gets a title shot. He yeah, gets it. 
And then, let's just be honest, we all think Chemayev would do the same thing to Strickland, right? Like, that is a horrible matchup for Sean Strickland. I would yeah. think so. I would think so. But there is something. Sean Strickland has a gift. And that gift is he is so good at making everybody look bad at yeah. what they're good at. Yeah. And I, I will say he has been matched up really well lately because there's not a ton of great wrestlers at 185. And so he has, we haven't seen him go with a wrestler, but I have in the room at ATT. And like the dude is like, he's a well-rounded guy. Like he's not obviously Johnny Evelyn is a better wrestler than Sean Strickland, but like I've seen them spar, you know? And like, I don't want to talk about the training room, but that's not, you know, we don't want to talk about that too much, but like, I know he is a well-rounded guy. And so it's uh, it's interesting. I'm not sure. I'm not sure because Kamza has has only had one fight where somebody made it really like made the water muddy, right? Made it dirty, yeah. and that was Gilbert Burns. And like, Sean Strickland's really good at making it dirty and making you look bad. I think Sean Strickland is really good at doing his homework. I think when he has an opponent in front of him. Now, granted, you have the bird's eye view. You've seen them train, so this is coming from a person that's only been watching his fights and watching him grow but I think he's best at when he knows who he's fighting he's able to put the work in for weeks on end like he was able to dissect Izzy's game plans and dissect Izzy about his fight IQ and what are his mistakes and what does he do well and he came in and did like you know this crazy thing and was able to dismantle him because he did his homework Fighting somebody like Shemaev, I see him doing his homework type of thing, you know? So, I don't know. Shemaev's hittable, man. He's yeah. hittable. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I think Sean Strickland, like, granted, I'm still fucking shocked that we're talking about him as the champion. But you got to give it to the guy that he performs when he needs to and does his homework, you know? So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I know we're kind of getting off track here, but I'm really excited to see him defend his title for the first time. Cause then it's like, then yeah. it's going to be like, holy shit, man. Like, then we know. See, then yeah. we know. Must see. Yeah. Guys, I have, have to go, Dave. I'm sorry. I have to go be an adult and do a work meeting. But it's so fun. Thank <laughs> I'm you guys so glad so you stuck around for a while, Elle. I did. L Dawson, you're the best. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you next week, L. Bye, guys. Later. Thank you. All right. Love that, so we, love that lady, dude. She's the best, dude. 